0: Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike
1: O'Shea. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. You know the drill, don't you? 780-6868. You can text us. You can phone us. Last week, we did the show on a Tuesday night as well because of a Jets game, and the Bombers did not know who they were going to play in the West Final on the fifth day of December, but they do know now. And Mike O'Shea, give us your thoughts on that... West semifinal game, I thought it was a beauty the way it ended anyway. It was exciting. Exciting. We got, uh, as they say, we got free football with the overtime, <laughs> uh, double overtime.
2: So, yeah, it was good. You know, I, I think um, the purists would say it was probably a little sloppy, uh, you know. But I thought it was exciting. Lots lots going on, mm-hmm. lots of action. Special teams played a, a big part for Saskatchewan. Quarterbacks would probably like to have a few th- few of those throws back, but um, overall, entertaining.
1: I'm not sure what it says. The writers, uh, Cody Fajardo threw four interceptions and they still won the game. You don't see that happen very often. No,
2: you don't. You don't.
1: <laughs> but they they played some good defense and <clears throat> they got some good kicks. Uh, Rennie Paradis had a, maybe the toughest game of his career yet. I don't know. do you feel? I felt sorry for him, Mike, because those guys, I know they're other players would say, well, you know, he's a kicker. It's all he does is kick, kick the field goal. That's all you, you know, that's all we ask you to do. But it's not that simple, is they, it? They haven't stood in his shoes. No, that's right. <laughs> the
2: guys that say that haven't been out there trying to kick a field goal. Yeah. So, no, uh, it's it was a tough day for for uh, Calgary's kicker. Um, tough to have it happen on that stage,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and I'm sure that was. I think that was pretty well the difference. I mean. Calgary turned the ball over a bunch, too. But it's sort of, I don't know what the overall turnover margin was, but uh, they both gave the ball away a little bit, and I think it came down to some of those kicks.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Dave Dickinson went to the defensive Paredes, though. He's had a terrific career, and he's won them a lot of games. So you can't throw it at one guy, can you?
2: No, never. <laughs> you never can. So yeah. um, I'm sure, it, it, you know, he tried, what, eight field goals? so. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, what you're saying in those games is you want your your offense to turn threes into sevens. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's you know it is unfortunate for for Renee, like you said, he's been he's been a, a damn good kicker in this league for a long time.
1: Sure has. Here's a text from Dave. Let's get us going. What do you have in store? He's got a couple of questions here. Uh, what do you, meaning the bombers, have in store for their big receiver number fourteen? That would be Duke Williams. Calgary had trouble with Saskatchewan quarterback scrambling. That would be Fajardo. Uh, are are most of your players signed for twenty twenty two? So let's let's deal with Fajardo and Duke Williams. Well, Fajardo, you definitely have to. Um
2: control him with your pass rush a little more you can't let him get out especially if the weather's bad and the the passing yardage is maybe not there uh he's a big part of their running game obviously so you'd, you'd like to control him a little more um duke williams i think he had five catches for 53 yards uh sort of three in a row on uh, their drive to go down and and score that touchdown uh late in the game um But like any receiver, you know, you can't focus on just one because they have other weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have to make sure that you're, um, you know, the challenge is focusing on him when he's going to get the ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Richie Hall, we interviewed Richie Hall today in a media session, and I liked what he said. He said, look, every team in this league's got good receivers, so we're playing Saskatchewan, they have a really good receiver, but there's nothing new about that. No, there isn't. Yeah. There isn't.
2: The third part of that question was uh, the free players, agents.
1: Player signed
2: for yeah, 2022, I, yeah. You know, a few years ago or whatever year it was when they went to one-year contracts, it's, it's it's the off-seasons are becoming crazy in terms of free agency. If you, yeah. They've been posting the lists of free agents on other teams, and I'm sure we'll have a bunch too. Um, so it's pretty hard. Also, there's a... You know the collective bargaining agreement is up so they have to negotiate that Yeah. we don't you know there was a a cut in the salary cap because of COVID and the uncertainty of that so uh, there's a lot to um, sort of get in order before you can figure all that out I know Ottawa has gone ahead and signed a pile of players um, but I haven't seen their contracts what's in them based on you know what happens with the CBA do their contracts change or not so Mm-hmm. I imagine uh, there's a whole locker room full of guys that we want to
1: resign. Yeah, well, uh, Calgary put out their list of free agents, and this is kind of a, a bit of a segue away from the game coming up Sunday. But just about everybody on the roster is a free agent. I know a lot of people might feel that this isn't the best thing for the game, and that it's great for the players because they're, you know, after every year they can move on and make more money somewhere else if they're offered it. But is it bad for the game? Do you think? Well i do think that
2: continuity um you know in a in a fan based gate driven league is is important but that's nothing new that's you know that's been the conversation for a long long time is trying to keep your guys uh on the same team so that when you buy a jersey, you don't have to keep changing it right mm-hmm. so uh, i think in any pro sports league, those are things that need to be addressed i do think that the c f l has uh, with the one-year contracts, it's a little different than other leagues that have free agent, restricted free agency, and
1: at later guaranteed and contracts stuff,
2: yeah. and those types of things. Right? So, yeah. um, that is the big business side of it. I'm sure they'll address this in the in the CBA.
1: Um, Would you like to see them go back to a year and an option? So you're guaranteed at least two years when you sign it. Well, out? then why not just go to two-year contracts? Yeah,
2: okay. You know, I don't. I just yeah. the problem is with. In football, even like even in the NFL, they're not guaranteed contracts. So you could sign a 100-year deal yeah. and get cut the next day and get owed nothing but your signing bonus, which yeah. I think most people fail to realize that that's the way it is. I guess the true fans would understand that, but mm-hmm. that makes it tough on the players for sure.
1: You were able to bring most of your guys back from 2019. I, is there any reason to believe that you wouldn't be able to re-sign a lot of your key guys simply because they like being here?
2: Well, you, you'd like to think that, um, you know, this is a business, uh, the off season is when a lot of that business stuff rears its ugly head, (laughs) you know, and there is a, it's a finite timeline that, that players have to earn a living. Um, I do think that they enjoy being in Winnipeg playing for the blue bombers, um, but it's hard to ask them to pass up fair market value for that.
1: Mm. Okay. We'll deal with that when the winter starts to bite us real hard. Jerry, you're on the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead.
0: Good afternoon or good evening, Bob, and uh, congratulations to your family on your retirement. Thank you. Uh, I used The first time I used to call the football hotline was when I was a kid. I called for a payphone from Grand Beach. And I remember the 1972 final very well. I don't know if you do or not, but uh, I'd like to ask Coach O'Shea. uh, In that 1972 final, the first half was a great football game until Mickey Doyle broke his leg and went out. And when that happened, uh, there was a hush over the stadium, and kind of everybody knew second half, George Reed was going to run roughshod all over us, and this might be a better question for Richie Hall, but if there was any one player on the Rough Riders this year that if you were to lose, say, a defensive player like uh, maybe Adam Bakehill that would scare the heck of you going into this game?
2: Yeah. I just choose not to think like that. We, You know, the other way is, and I think you've heard me say this or if you've listened for a number of years, is we've built a, a great amount of depth. And if you look at coming out of training camp, um, you know, Shane Goche and Jesse Briggs played a ton of football and, and are a big part of why we are, are, are where we're at. So um, I just believe that, Football's a tough sport for sure, and whatever happens, we got a roster that'll support the rest of their team.
1: Well, and you're not unique among coaches when they're asked about what would you do if so and so get hurt. Nobody wants to talk about that.
2: Eh? Never. Yeah. Never.
1: I. It's just. I mean, I that's understand. not
2: stuff that enters in our minds. No. We we practice a certain way. We we get we, you know we make sure guys get reps. Everybody on the defense has basically played this year. Uh, in fact, I think I believe almost. Maybe one guy hasn't. Mm. Otherwise, everybody's taking snaps on defense. And you do that for a reason, you know, because these guys can all play and they can all help you win games. And the other stuff you you don't think about. It's, it's, it's too personal.
1: Yeah. Well, and Jerry, I understand the fans thinking in those terms. I, I totally get it. We in the media do sometimes too. And that game in 72, by the way, yes, I do remember it. Mickey Doyle, Mike was a – Outstanding linebacker for the Bombers. He went out with injury. George Reed ran wild for Saskatchewan in the second half. And then they had this crazy kick-in, kick-out thing at the end. And Jack Abinchand kicked a field goal, and Saskatchewan won the game. And there are many Bomber fans, and Jerry's probably one of them, who have never, ever forgotten that or lived it down. Yeah, and the
2: other thing that's different is the roster size. I bet you we have... You got bigger 13 rosters. more guys yeah. than yeah. they had back then yeah. on the roster. So For there's, sure. there's lots of players
1: available. It's the Coach's show with Mike O'Shea, brought to you by True Flex Canola with Roundup Ready and Liberty Link Technology. Put two trait heavyweights in your corner. 780-6868. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kate, you're on the Coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Kate.
3: Um good evening, gentlemen. Um Yes, they're, you're correct in saying that uh, those of us that were at that 72 game uh, never got over it. <laughs> but, you know, um, I want to bring you back even further than that. Uh, first year I saw a Bomber game was with my dad. I was five. It was 1958. And when I look back in history, this team reminds me of that 58 team. Uh, some of my all-time favorite players, Leo Lewis the likes of which, uh, and the coach was Bud Grant and Coach O'Shea, you are every bit as good as he was. Um, Congrats on the nomination for uh, Coach of the Year. And if anybody can exercise the ghost of 72, it's the 2021 Bombers.
1: Okay, Kate.
3: Congratulations. I do have a question. Okay. Um, Honestly, Coach, what do you think of the shortened schedule? Do you think, like, maybe a sixteen? game season would work is that what were your thoughts on that i'll hang up and listen
1: thanks kate
2: yeah i didn't like it um i, I know it was a necessity this year and uh, i think um once we finish this season and and you know the the league starts having their meetings uh th- there will be probably some good discussion on where we get to in terms of a schedule and how many games it will be and see if we can't get back to some normalcy or a new normal, whatever that is. But um, I, I'm glad that we got games in, put it that way. You know, I was so happy that we started. And if they would have said a 10-game schedule or an 8-game schedule, I would have been ecstatic um, having finished the season, uh, the regular season now. Um, I, I, I'd like a, a longer regular season.
1: Kate would like you to exercise a ghost are you into exercising ghosts? Let's do it. I'm I'm into trying anything. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's a text. What's the status of Andrew Harris? Straight to the point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see this
2: week um you know what what he can uh, what he can get accomplished. We'll uh we'll have him running around a little bit and then we'll see if he can't run around a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So he'll on the field, at least for the first time, will he?
2: He'll be, he'll he'll start working out okay. out there, and we'll see what that entails. I mean, he hasn't really had a lot of running in the last uh, yeah. bunch of weeks, right?
1: What does he have to show you, Mike, to get in the game Sunday?
2: Um, I mean, once again, it's 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 like our season. You don't want him to just be able to get in. You want him to be able to be productive for the entire length of the game and, and finish a game, right? You don't want to just be able to get in. Uh, I mean, that's we, we've never really worked like that. I mean, Al Couture, our head therapist, is phenomenal. He, you know, He's not putting a guy back in who's um, at risk of re-injuring something or injuring something else and, and not being able to finish a game. I mean, that's a big test right there for him.
1: Okay. Uh, this texter also said, when we win, when we, meaning the Bombers, win – Before buying Grey Cup tickets, we want to know whether we'll be the home or the away team in Hamilton.
2: Away. It's generally wherever whoever's hosting that division is the home team.
1: Yeah. Here's a text, a short and sweet one too. If it comes down to a field goal, you don't deserve to win anyway. I guess this guy's suggesting if it's that close at the end, he thinks you're going to – Win by a comfortable margin and you won't need a field goal to win.
2: Well, you spun that around quite nicely from, well,
1: from something that could be possibly pessimistic to very optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people out the way, you don't know what a lot of people think. I know what they think. They think you guys should win going away, but you and I both know it doesn't work that way. It, n- no.
2: It, you know, once again, nothing's guaranteed. We got to yeah. go out and play the game. We've got to play, you know, Tough physical, smart football that's disciplined and um, the guys have to lay it all on the line for their for their teammates, which I, I know they they can and they will. so um, then it's a matter of making the plays when they come your way.
1: yeah and in pro sport, you've been in it long enough as a player and a coach and we've everybody's watched it long enough. Nothing is guaranteed. It doesn't matter Nothing. how good you were in the regular season when the playoffs start. Yep, all things are possible. Everything. You guys proved that last year or two years ago. You won two road games uh, as the underdog. So there you go. Whatever the underdog means. Yeah, you did not. You don't <laughs> like that word either. But it's
2: it. not that I don't like the word. I've never really yeah. understood it, yeah. like, especially in a situation where you got
1: one game. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Tom, you're on the coach show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead.
4: Good evening. Thank you. And you're doing a great job of managing my expectations. But <laughs> I think the bombers will win. But coach, I want to thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I'm very grateful and very proud of the excellent job you've done since you've got here. Like, I wouldn't say you're Bud Grant, but you got one, three more, and you're all Bud Grant. No, and I wouldn't Bob, say that either. <laughs> you only got to win three more, and you're Bud Grant. Yeah. But I, and, Bob, congratulations. It's kind of sad to see you go. Like, I always thought Winnipeg had the best radio crew in the business, and it was you. And it's like Neverland is ending put all the Bomber fans down. Like, I never had to grow up. I was 15 years old listening to you, and now an old man. I'm still listening to you. So thanks for everything, Bob. All right, thank one you. Thing. If, if I could say one thing quickly about 72. yeah, I was there. I was sitting alone. I was a 15-year-old kid. And when Doyle got injured, um, they moved Minnick to Doyle's spot, yeah. and they brought in Paul Robson. And the second half, every time Reed would get through the line... This guy called Clyde Brock would just bowl over Paul Robson, who was in over his head. And I hated Paul Robson, and I hate the Saskatchewan of fighters, but it took 47 years. Yeah. But we evened the score last year when we went in there and we won the Western final in their stadium. Yeah. But at the end of the game, even is no good. you got to be ahead. So go get him Sunday. Thanks.
1: All right, Tom. Thank you for the call. <laughs>
4: That's good. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, well, Clyde Brock, he, he was he was a monster. <laughs> yeah, and, I think a lot of people got pulled over by yeah, Clyde Brock. Yeah, in so. fairness to Paul Robson, Clyde would have had Paul by about 100 pounds, I guarantee you that. So anyway, 780-6868, we're going to break for a news update and we'll come back, take more of your questions on the phone and text to 780-6868. That's what I'm why I'm retiring. I'm running out of gas. The coach show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. Mike, how much does the mental part uh, uh come into the game to keep the guys not getting too high on themselves, staying level-headed? Playoffs are a different beast and the regular season stats don't matter now. Well,
2: that's what teammates are for. They they understand. Not a lot of time spent messaging uh, with these guys on that the, the 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 veteran players know exactly what it takes. And that's um, great focus and, and you know, making sure they're humble, right? Humble yeah. enough to put the work in and humble enough to lay it all on the line again.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't think for a minute that your team would get overconfident or, you know, take anything for granted. You guys don't function that way, do no, they? No, partly,
2: I I think in part because they're not – I don't know how to word this correctly – They. They're more worried about playing for each other than they are about sort of impressing the other team. So they always they always have a bigger reason to play, sitting right beside them, you know, than, than anything else. It's not about, you know, ego and pride and those things. It's about
1: serving their teammate, right? So Is that a mentality you brought from your playing days? Uh, I, I, I just think we've got the right guys in the building. Yeah. Uh, Are the players now? Are all the players now fully vaxxed and able to fly to Hamilton for Grey Cup? Okay, that's the first question he's asking.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to get into that.
1: Why is Tyler Krepina still on the six game?
2: Uh, He's um, a vested veteran, right? So uh, he wasn't going to play for us for the rest of the year. He got hurt. And uh, when he got hurt, that put him past his guaranteed date. So um, we put him on the sixth game basically as a business move to yeah. save the salary cap.
1: So, and just so you people understand past his date, when players have played a certain number, some number of games based on their seniority, their contracts are guaranteed for the rest of the year, right? Correct. Yeah. Michael in San Antonio. Coach, the CFL has a lot of rules. Many are complex or obscure because they don't come up often but understanding them could be pivotal in the outcome of a game. How do you ensure that the players have a thorough grasp of the rules that apply to their position?
2: Hmm. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a long process. Um, we start in training camp, and we showed them a, like a rules video from the CFL, especially on the stuff that's important to the league this year in terms of the officiating and how they're going to officiate a game. Uh, And then throughout the year, um, you know, we start every post-game meeting um, looking at the penalties, and then we also have film that we gather throughout the season that we show on a weekly basis about uh, any sort of IQs, football IQ stuff, which includes a lot of rules. And um, for the most part, fairly quickly, uh, they they figure out the main rules that affect their group, as you said. But every once in a while, there is an obscure one that, you know, there was one that came about uh, during the bye week, one of the bye week practices that some guys didn't know, which uh, was pretty interesting.
1: Can you elaborate on that?
2: It was a kick-out play. So, you know, end-of-game scenario, they miss a field goal and we can't run it out, so we have to punt it back out. Mm -hmm. And if it hits, so a ball being kicked in, so you see a guy hit the the upright on a field goal, it's a dead ball, right? Um, Lowther, I think, hit one in this Mm -hmm. last game. Um, whereas if the ball's in the end zone and you're trying to punt it out of the end zone and you hit the back of the uprights, it's a live ball. So mm-hmm. going in, it's dead. Coming out, it's live. So it's that's important that you take the goalposts out of that equation.
1: Okay, you say going in, it's live. So you're talking go, about a- go,
2: going going in, it's dead. So a ball kicked hitting the uprights, yeah, going in, going into the end zone is a dead ball. Okay. Right. Coming out, so you're behind the uprights. You're on the you're on the end line, and you're yeah. punting the ball.
1: Oh, I got you out yeah, yeah. of the
2: end zone yeah. to save the single point.
1: Yeah, I misunderstood
2: what you said. And it hits the back of the uprights.
1: Then it's still live. It's a live ball. Oh, well, that is an obscure one. I've never seen that happen. Have you? Uh,
2: well, in practice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, and then Michael in San Antonio. That was his question. He ends it by saying, "Have a great Western final." Thank you, Michael. Uh, Looking forward to the game Sunday, what's your favorite playoff game, either playing, watching, or coaching, Mike? Do hmm. you have a favorite playoff game? Uh, yeah, I don't know that I
2: re- remember enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to, to be fair, winning your first championship is pretty special, but I don't know that it was that aspect of it. I think it was just the setting. 96 in Hamilton, snowed all night. You woke mm-hmm. up. There was a massive blanket of snow everywhere. It was absolutely gorgeous. It snowed during the game. I got hit. Uh, Pierre Vrsal got hit with a snowball in the helmet walking off at halftime with me. It was intended for me, the Hamilton fan, <laughs> because it was in Hamilton, and uh, they were not very pleased with me.
1: You're in Argo then.
2: Yeah, and that snowball stuck right to Virch, Virch's, uh helmet. It was a. It was a, It was awesome. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> Just that the setting for the game yeah. was so Canadian. That
1: was a great game.
2: Oh, it was and it was a good game. It yeah. was a high high scoring game, back and forth, lots of action. Yeah. Interception return for touchdown, I think a kickoff return for a touchdown or a punt return. It, it was it had everything. Yeah. And it was the setting was
1: magical. All right. D, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, uh-huh. D.
0: Hi, Bob. Hi, Mike. How's it going, guys? Good, D. Okay, I have a question. Who's the backup quarterback in uh, the Western uh, final for the Bombers?
2: We're still figuring that out. That's what this week of practice will be for.
0: Okay, good. And, Bob, I want to thank you uh, for all your years of service, and you've been a great ambassador for the league and also the Bombers, and I wish you all the best, uh, you and your family in your retirement.
1: Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and go blue, go on Sunday. Thank you guys for your time.
1: Thank you for the call, Dee. Thank you. Here's a text. Uh, this is a good one, Mike. Became a diehard Blue Bomber fan in 1976, thanks to Dieter Brock, but lived in western Saskatchewan all my life. I've seen the Blue Bombers in Regina, Calgary, and Edmonton, but never been to a Bomber home game. We are making the 10-hour drive from North Battleford, Saskatchewan this weekend Best of luck on Sunday and let's go blue bombers Isn't that great? Yeah
2: have a safe safe drive be yeah. careful and uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Dieter Brock was my uh, my good buddy growing up every time we were throwing the football around in the in the yard he was Dieter Brock. okay yeah,
1: all right. Yeah, he was something. His time here was very memorable. Hey, Mike, uh, Ken here. Congratulations, Bob. Okay, thanks, Ken. I started listening to CGOB in 1972 uh, when I was nine years old. My question is, Sean McGuire ready to go on Sunday?
2: Yeah, we'll see. That's what, that's what uh, as of the question a couple prior there, it's, uh, we'll see uh, how he
1: looks in practice this week. Uh, here's another one. Uh, hey, Bob. Does Coach think noise will be a factor in the game or are players used to the silent count? Now you're talking about Saskatchewan having to go with the silent count.
2: Yeah, I think teams are pretty uh, used to handling that. I mean, we've got the loudest fans in the league. Uh, We would obviously love to see them prove it again several times during the game. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, if they... Keep the uh, hot toddies flowing or hot chocolate or tea, whatever your warm beverage of choice would be. Yeah. It'll uh, loosen up the vocal co- cords and you can they can scream and yell for us.
1: You guys have won 18 of your last 19 home games. That's not by accident either, is it? And the crowd, I mean, you've got a good team, obviously, but the crowd gets some credit for helping you, don't they? No doubt, yeah. no doubt. Our, our guys really appreciate them. And that noise does throw off opposition quarterbacks. We've seen it. It does make it tough to operate. And
2: once again, we, there's no doubt in my mind, we have the loudest stadium, um, the loudest fans. So uh, it it can, it, you know, if you look at something we've talked about before, you know, at the end of a game. You win or you lose, and there's a net of one or two plays, net difference of one or two plays made, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't know which plays those are. Well, you know, a time count or a, a, a miscue because of a bad communication for the opposition could be that play.
1: And it's happened often over the years here, hasn't it? I
2: don't know what they're at right now. They keep on posting it every time there's a a procedure or a time count or something like that on yeah. the off- opposition offense. They post it up on the on – the, Big screen, so who's counting that? I don't know, but it's up to 120 something. For I heard sure. it
1: this morning. We had Brandon Alexander on CGOB this morning, and they threw that number out. and I thought, geez, that's impressive. You don't see that every time Every time no. there's a penalty on them, just take a look up at the jungle, okay? Attorney, you'll see the number, whatever uh, it is. Really, the ticker, yeah. I'm always watching the field, I do look at the scoreboard oh, I'm occasionally. I don't
2: even watch anymore, I just look around,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just assume things will work out, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 780-6868. We'll come back uh, with the final segment of the Coaches Show with Michael O'Shea on 680-CJOB. Robert says, well, Bob, it's closing time again. <laughs> Good luck in your retirement. Remember, you become a couch potato. Well, that'll be part-time. I'll part-time will be a couch potato. 780-6868 is our phone number for... Uh, Michael Shea, the head coach of the Blue Bombers. One of the things we talked about today, Mike, with Zach Kolaris was ball security. Um, is there any way to overstate the importance of it in any game, let alone a playoff game?
2: No, we speak about it every day. We we work on it every single day. So, um, I mean, it's one of those keys to winning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: As big a key as any, really. As
2: big it? a key as any. Yeah. You know, uh, turnover margin explosive explosive plays uh, first down production but turnover margin first
1: yeah so before a game like this would you talk about it more than you normally would
2: no nope. no just just the regular yeah i mean i you know i will point out uh you know some thoughts on the west semifinal, mm-hmm. and turnover margin will be one of them like the amount of Balls that were were given up, mm. or taken away, um, you know that'll be a reason. There's reasons why you win and lose.
1: Yeah, we asked uh, Zach Calaris whether or not there's a heightened awareness of it, and he he sort of he didn't answer directly, but he, he made it sound like yeah, yeah, I guess there probably is a little bit because. And then I was thinking of the game Montreal and Hamilton where uh, Harris Trevor Harris fumbled the ball twice, and those were. Well, they turned the game around in my view. So, uh, and you can be rolling along and having everything going your way, and a turnover—boom! It's it all changes. It, it can. It can completely change the complexion of the game, the outcome. Yeah. Um,
2: absolutely. So, uh, you know, I don't know that we'll dwell on it, but it's it's not just reminding them about ball security. You have to show them how, or show them pictures of maybe poor ball security or you know, mm-hmm. what's good ball security or when ball security is important. I mean, it's important all the time, but there are certain points in time or in a game where uh, a movement you're doing or a time lapse issue happens where you're more prone or more susceptible to getting the ball stripped. Like you have to show them these specific incidences so that they maybe draw upon that, uh, that cue you know mm-hmm. when they're doing it, right?
1: So the weather's colder and it's tougher to hang on to the ball. Everybody knows that. We asked uh, Michael Couture, your center, uh, what he does to keep his hands warm because he's handling the ball on every play when you're on offense and sending it. He's got uh, hot paws in his in his little pouch in his thing there to keep his hands warm. <laughs> but you know, it's funny he said that. We kind of chuckled. And man, he's got to he's got to have his hands yeah. uh, so he can send the ball back properly. The, the,
2: you know. It's radio, so nobody can see what you were doing there. But uh, <laughs> the way you were mentioning your hands there around your belly, I thought
1: you were going to say he just rubs his belly. <laughs> well, Couture doesn't have a belly. It was some oh, offensive lineman right. do. I don't think he does anyway. When he t- very kind of you. When very kind he, of you. <laughs> there you go, Michael. Uh, when he said he had the hot pause, I thought, well, that's a good idea. That's a way to keep your hands warm. And then Zach Calaris, uh again, in this Calgary game, your last game of the year, it's minus nine. That was the temperature. And they're talking about roughly the same on Sunday, give or take. Uh, he handled that without batting an eye.
2: Now he he, he recounted a, a, a snow game to me. You know when he was a kid, says so it's one of the best memories he's got. Right, just playing in that snow. Everybody loved yeah. it. Right, so yeah. it's cold. It's the it's the right time of year to be playing.
1: I'm not sure everybody loves it though. You also said last week we were talking to you about uh, players staying warm and uh, whether you want heaters or not. And I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, and pick up on this that. Whatever it takes to make the player comfortable, you're cool with.
2: Absolutely, as long as it's not going to interfere with the game.
1: Yeah. You can't
2: have them hanging around the heater and miss, what I said was you can't have them hanging around the heater and miss a special team's play. Yeah, You know, like, <laughs> you, can't, you just can't have that happen. So, um, yeah, they, and they, once again, they have to test all this out in the cold weather to figure out how they're going to play really good football mm. in really bad weather.
1: But if a guy wants to wear gloves or long sleeve shirt, whatever he wants, whatever he's comfortable with, right? Whatever helps it, helps him work. Yeah. Do you feel pressure in this game? Home team had a great season. Is there pressure on your team to win? Uh,
2: no, not any more than any other season. It's everybody has the same goal mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season,
1: right? Yeah. The expectations not the same for every team, though. No, the expectations here are through the roof. You know that.
2: Well. I- I would hate to be on a team that didn't expect to, to be playing that final game.
1: I'm talking about the external expectations.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the- once again, I don't I don't think we you know, you wouldn't listen to them in those situations either. Mm-hmm. So why listen to them now? Yeah. You know? If and somebody you- if somebody if you were on a team and somebody told you, Yeah, you guys aren't gonna win anything, you wouldn't listen to them. Yeah. Go out and try and win the games. <laughs> right? You wouldn't listen to them. So if somebody's telling you, "Oh, yeah, you're going to win everything," why would you listen to them then?
1: So the outside noise, you really have to tune that out, don't you? I don't know
2: that it's hard to tune out. Yeah.
1: It's just a mindset you
2: carry in every, every into work every single day. Mm-hmm. So if you just that's the way you think, then I don't don't think that tuning stuff out like that is difficult.
1: Yeah. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah. But you got fifty guys in there, or more than that. Seventy. Seventy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody's different. Uh, it's probably more challenging for some than others. It absolutely is,
2: and it's our job as coaches to recognize who's having a tough time with it and yeah. give them the tools to figure that out.
1: What do you have to do on Sunday to win? Give me some keys to the game. We have keys to the game in our pregame show. We'll have them right now.
2: Same four things we talk about every, every week. We've got to be physical. We've got to play a clean game. We've got to be smart, and you've got to do it for the right reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you have fun during this game on Sunday? I'm not talking about the end result now. Just during the game, is there any part of it that's fun, or is it you're just so focused that you, you yeah, fun doesn't focused, come into but, it?
2: But there's certain points in the game where something comes up, or a conversation is had, or something. You know, it's not a distraction to smile and and engage with a player on something. You know, yeah. other than what just happened, right? I mean, you everybody's locked in, and we're all talking football all the time, yeah. and it's okay that.
1: Yeah. You have fun, too. I mean,
2: you have to have fun. So
1: if somebody says, enjoy the game, Mike, you'd say, well, wait a minute. I'll be grinding it out there and sweating it out. How can I enjoy it? I enjoy watching our team play. Well said. Every single game. How could you not? How could you not? It's a pretty special group, isn't it? They're unbelievable. Yeah. 3 o'clock, it all starts on Sunday. We'll be on there with our pregame show at 1, and Mike and I will be back here next Monday, not Tuesday, next Monday night, with another edition of The Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea, brought to you by TrueFlex Canola with Roundup Ready and Liberty Link Technology. Put two trade heavyweights in your corner.